Today on the Word of Truth Revealed. I know it's hard for you to deal with the stuff that you're dealing with, but don't you move right now. Because some way, somehow, God is going to use your position right now. Today, Bishop Clark is talking about Nehemiah, whose name means God is Consolation, and his journey to help rebuild the wall of the city. When it's time for you to give a letter or to speak to the king about something concerning the kingdom, because of your service right now, your attitude, God is going to use you to turn a key to open up a door for the king to come in. Can somebody say amen? Celebrating 32 years of ministry, you're listening to the Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark, author, speaker, and lead pastor of the International Ministries of Truth Revealed, a spirit-filled fellowship of believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Let's turn to Nehemiah the second chapter, verses 17 and 18, as Bishop Clark begins the message, a man of service, empowering helping hands. I'm always excited to share a word from the Old Testament, man of God named Nehemiah and I need to use him as a backdrop to build the message that I will be speaking on today I'm coming after this with a word at 11 called helping hands empowering helping hands I feel led of the Lord to inspire our people to get busy to become active to not just attend services this is a time to start participating. You must get involved. There must be a ministry that you put your shoulder to, that you begin to work with, the ministry that you're supposed to flow with, undergird. There's something that you're supposed to assign, assign your life to, your life, your life effort, your time, your torque, your energy, and your resources to. The body cannot function without your supply. The body cannot function without your participation. The word is not designed just to hear and for you to learn. <laughs> it must be activated. For the word is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates deeper, even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints, even to the marrow of the bone. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart the scripture says it is alive it is active <laughs> glory to god not only is it active it activates it takes us into a functionality it takes us into a time and a place of operation glory to god it travels just like electricity travels it's called current the current glory to god current sea doesn't grow until it moves and the word is designed to move in your life, even to every corner of your body and then beyond. Hallelujah. And if it's moving in you, it should cause you to do something in the earth today. Glory to God. The Bible says the word is quick and powerful. But in Isaiah 55, it says it cannot return unto God void. Glory to God. It's still hovering. You got so much word hovering over your life. It can't go back to God. It can't complete its cycle until it accomplishes what God intended for it to accomplish in your life. Glory to God. Wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. You know there's a word right above your head. 
there's some word over your head. There's healing over your head. There's deliverance over your head. There, there is sanctification over your head. There is, there is activation over your head. There's hope right there over your head. Glory. I just want you to start pulling it down. I want you to start prophetically pulling it down. Just start asking God to let it activate something that you've never had in your life. It can't go home until it accomplishes what God sent it to do. I said it can't go home until it accomplishes. can't go home until God activates it in your life glory to God I feel the power of the Holy Spirit and I believe someone is going to access the power of God I need to deal with Nehemiah he said I told them when I had an assignment I told them I shared the good news that the hand of my God had been good or mighty or powerful upon me how many of you want the hand of God to be good upon you? In other words, not only is it good upon you, but others can see that God's hand is on your life. God wants the world to know that he's with you. God wants the world to know that he's with this ministry. God wants the world to know that he's with every particular ministry, the international ministries of this church, every single one, from ushers to promotion. From websites to, uh, to the HCI and all that we would do from the cameras, from the scribes to everything that we would record. God wants the world to know that his hand is resting mightily upon you. And God is inviting every single one of us to get involved. Can the church say amen? amen. Nehemiah. His name means God is consolation. I would encourage every single one of you to do research on your name. It's good to know what your name means. I always encourage our people, please pray before you name your children what you name them. I don't know what Shekwikwa Katsakasa means. Don't name your kids stuff because it sounds good. Whatever you name them, you're calling them that every day. I know somebody that named their child Lucifer. This is absolutely absurd. Don't ever name your baby that. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? You don't need fairy tales. Glory to God. Rock about baby from the treetop when the wind blows. The cradle will rock, and when the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. Then comes down my baby, cradle and all. Why would we sing that over our children? Sounds good, nursery rhyme, but listen to the words. I'm leaving you to the chance of a high tree. When a storm comes, you will fall. And the things that hold you dear will be broken in your life. We need more than just nursery rhymes. We need truth revealed in our hearts and in our minds. That's going to catapult us to new dimensions. Can the church say amen? amen. 
Nehemiah's name means consolation. He was given that, I believe, by the leading of the Holy Spirit from his parents. That some way, somehow, he would give consolation not only to his family, he gave consolation to an entire city and then ultimately a nation. The patriot and the governor of Jerusalem. Notice the patriot, the man of character, the man of dignity and strength who helped rebuild the wall of the city. Something obviously happened to the nation of Israel and God used the man to lead the campaign of service to rebuild the wall. He was a descendant of the Jewish population that had been taken captive to Babylon. His history and the history of his people was not flamboyant. Uh, I'm going to talk about it at 11. Uh, Israel sinned against God and for that because of this sin God scattered them. He scattered them abroad. And the nation was led captive. They were taken captive to Babylon. Uh, many of them died. And you can read the account of the history of that. Even Jeremiah prophesied that the nation would be stripped of its dignity and power. And that a foreign government, a foreign king will come in and strip them. I don't know why America would think that it can't happen to us. I don't know. We're, we're only three, four hundred, three hundred, two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty years old. We're talking about dynasties that have been here for thousands of years and they experienced a mass takeover. Why would we think that it can't happen to us? Now we have Patriot missiles. We have defense systems and all of these things, even satellites that can detect when things go, uh, when things go on or when we're about to be invaded. But there's an enemy that don't have to come in from the outside in. There are enemies here on the inside out that can strip us of our dignity. And I think America and members of this great society need to think about what we're doing right now so it doesn't happen to us. A man by the name of Cyrus, the Persian uh, king, gained control over Mesopotamia. And he permitted the Jewish people to go back home, the exiles, to return back to the city of Jerusalem. From the city or the centrality of the government then the Israelites were able then to repopulate their nation. But it had to start at the capital, which is Jerusalem. I love that name. What a beautiful, beautiful name for a city. I had a chance to visit it several times. The city of peace, Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I want to encourage you in your prayer time. Just stretch your hands toward the east and begin to pray for Jerusalem that God would give peace there. I had someone really challenge me because of that and to say why would I pray for Jerusalem and forget what's happening in our nation. We pray for it because that's what God said to do. Whether you agree with it or not, you don't have to be political or even some type of uh, fascist or someone that believes in this or that. Just obey God's word. And so we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Glory to God. When Cyrus allowed the exiles to go home. When he allowed the exiles to go home. The Persian ruler 
after Cyrus was a man by the name of Art Exerces. Art Exerces. Nehemiah happened to be strategically positioned in this man's life, this mighty king, in his life as his cupbearer. Therefore, because he was the cupbearer, very close to the king, serving the king, the king gave him ear when it was time to rebuild the walls. And I don't know if you know it or not, but your present position, not the one you're about to obtain, but the position that you hold right now is very strategic to the kingdom. And I know it's hard for you to carry the cup. And I know it's hard for you to deal with wicked leaders. <laughs> and I know it's hard for you to deal with the stuff that you're dealing with. But don't you move right now. Because some way, somehow, God is going to use your position right now. Not the one that you're going to be in. He's going to use where you are right now. He's positioned you so when it's time for you to give a letter or to speak to the king about something concerning the kingdom. Because of your service right now. Your attitude. Your disposition. Your mindset. The word is activated in you. And you're doing what you Even if you have to cry. You're doing what you need to do and maintaining it strong your feet are established hallelujah you have the right mind the right disposition your right place you're doing everything you need to do god is going to use you to turn a key to open up a door for the king to come in can somebody say amen I want you to give God praise for right here and for right now. Not for what's coming, for right here and right now. You are strategically placed to do a mighty work for the Lord. I don't believe you caught that, but I'm going to say it again. You are strategically placed right where you are to do a mighty work for the Lord. I know it's tight, but bear your cup. I know it's hard, but carry the juice. I know it's struggling. You're struggling right now, but don't let the grape, hallelujah, the wine fall on the floor. What's in your cup is strategic. What's in your cup is strategic. What's in your cup is strategic. God has begun to ring out and to put some juice in your cup. That's going to find when you give it to the king. It's going to open up some doors. Hallelujah. For the king to come in. I'm tired of praising God just for future events. I need to praise him for I, where I am right now. You need to get your faith saved. You need to stop talking about what you want and where you're going. And give him glory for where you are right now. There's an anointing on what I'm saying. I said give him praise for where you are right now not where you're going where you are right now all of the hurt and all of the setback thank him for where you are right now hallelujah 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 glory to god If you can't praise them for where you are right now, you don't understand that switch in your attitude. The switch in your attitude is preparing you for the task that you have to do. 
Glory to God. There's favor that he wants to add to you right now. There's favor that he wants to give to you right now. There are doors that he's opening up for you right now. But you got to learn how to thank him for where you are. Glory to God. Nehemiah was a patriot and a governor. He had both of them on the inside. But he's now in this particular setting. He's now the cupbearer of a foreign king. And he could have easily have said, I don't know why. I'm here and I don't know how I got here and I don't deserve to be here. I know there's promise over my life, but instead of me complaining, I'm going to serve well. Glory to God. I'm not going to wait until I'm promoted to serve. I'm not going to wait until my name is called to serve. I'm not going to wait until people recognize me. I'm not going to wait until all of them have to see that God was with me. I'm here to tell you God is with you right here and right now. Serve well. Serve well. Nehemiah learned the deplorable condition of the, of the returned exiles when he visited Jerusalem. Because he served well, he asked for permission to visit his homeland. Because he carried the cup well, he did not spill the juice. When you don't have a good disposition and you have to serve somebody, you'll just set the cup anywhere. How many of you have been to a restaurant and the waitress or the waiter had an attitude? You've been around them. They're tired. They don't want to do what they do. They don't like you. They don't like the dresses that you have or the suit that you're wearing. They got a problem with you. And instead of setting the cup or the bowl of soup down right, they just plot it down. And you can look at them and say, I don't like this waiter. I don't like this. I don't like this waitress. Uh, get me another one. I want to talk to the manager because how you serve is just as important to God of what you're serving some people think because they got God they can be mean and have an attitude but it's not true hallelujah if you have him and he's the prince of peace when you serve you should show forth the peace of God glory to God if you're with him and he's got all power in his hand you need power to blow your nose and to hold your attitude when you don't feel right and still display the fruit of the spirit in a hostile environment glory to God hallelujah and Nehemiah because he served well he asked for permission he didn't say it's my right he asked for permission to go home to check out his homeland and when he got there the Bible says, hallelujah, that the wall of the city was broken down. Number two, the gates were burned. Not only was the wall broken down, but the gates, the entrance to the city was burned. And the people were in great distress. Now I want you to think about all three things, the condition the condition of the nation that at once pleased. The pearl of Persia. I'm sorry, the pearl of Palestine. But now the city 
Walls were broken down. The gates were burned and the people were in distress. And I see a semblance of that in our community. That the walls or the protection of our community has been broken down. The protection around us has been broken down. Many of us, we have no alarm system. We can't tell if a fire is burning. We can't tell if a thief has entered in because there is no detection in our homes or in our communities. If you got the right detection, you can tell if a, if a man enters into, your, into your, your property without permission. If you have the right protection, it will indicate to you that something foul is going on within your borders. If you got the right protection, you can even see who's knocking on your door. Glory to God. But if you don't, anyone or anything can walk right up in your house. Have you checked the portholes of your home lately? Have you checked to make sure that your doors are secure? Are you so mad and angry that you've left your rear guard wide open? Are you so angry and caught up with what you don't like about the way life is for you right now? Do you see there's an open porthole for the enemy to step in? The walls of the city were broken down. Glory to God. You'll notice in the book when when Solomon and David, when Solomon began to make sure that everything was in place as it relates to the gates of the city, the book of Revelation says there are 12 gates to the city. I had a chance to see Israel, hallelujah, and to stand in the sea, actually the Garden of Gethsemane, which is uh, the proximity of the Garden of Gethsemane allows you to look right into a gate that enters into Jerusalem. So if you're in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is a small garden, and it's not a huge garden, but it is replete with olive trees. I'm talking about an unusual looking tree that produces olives. And if you're standing there and you look over, you'll see an incline and it goes right into the gate of Jerusalem. But the Muslims have put a graveyard there. The Muslims have buried their dead there. Hallelujah. To say no one will enter into that gate. Because it is defiled. It would defile the Israelites if anybody walked through a graveyard to go into the holy place. Even according to their law. But while I was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, I had a vision that Jesus touched down on the Mount of Olives. And he went back to the Garden of Gethsemane and he decided to walk through that gate. Hallelujah. But when he started walking there, the graves opened up. When he started walking there, dead bodies opened up, came up out of the grave and made a path for him to go through the gate. And I want you to know, even though the walls are torn down and the gates have been burned, if you can get Jesus on on your side, hallelujah, I don't care what has happened to block you from going through that place that God has predetermined you to go. I don't care how it's been burned. Even the dead will have to rise to allow you to enter into the place that God has predetermined for you. Let me just help you. Whatever's blocking your promotion, God is going to cause the dead thing to rise and get out of your way so you can enter in come on give him praise I 
feel in my spirit that the Holy Spirit is prompting me to speak out loud this one word, activation. Faith becomes active and effective when it is built on a strong foundation of accurate answers or truth. When you believe in the integrity of that truth, when you trust in that truth, and when you're hearing that truth on a continual basis, if you do these things, your faith will be activated. So if in faith is for foundation, build on the solid foundation, which is God's word. The A in faith is for accurate answers. We must build our faith on truth and the word of God is truth. We must also build our faith on the I, which is integrity. There must be fidelity, trustworthiness in our lives. And the T in faith is for trust. Build your faith on trust. Lastly, the H in faith is for hearing. Hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the more you hear, the more you trust, the more integrity you have, the more accurate answers you stand on, the foundation that you will build will get you ready to activate, to make movement in faith. Thanks for joining us for the Word of Truth Revealed. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at thewordoftruth at truthrevealed.org. Now for your physical copy of today's message from the Energize Your Serve series, A Man of Service Empowering Helping Hands, when you write or email us, use reference number 21080808. That's reference number 21080808. Or log on to our website and download the MP3. Help us unveil truth to the nations by becoming a partner with the International Ministries of Truth Revealed. We would like to thank you in advance for your consideration and for generously supporting this ministry. Connect with us, Trim Nation, by downloading the Truth Revealed Church app today. For Android users, go to the Play Store, and for Apple users, go to the App Store. Follow Trim Nation on social media by logging into Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or visit us on the web at truthrevealed.org. And now, a final thought from Bishop Clark. The foundation of a building is the most important part of a building. It is invisible to the naked eye once the building is erected, but it is the most important part, the most essential part of the structure. It's the substructure that bears the weight, bears the heaviness, the might, and the strength of the building. And it makes the building stable. So it is with our foundation. When we lay the proper foundation of faith on the Word of God, not only is it the most important part of our Christian structure, it is the substructure that bears the weight of our faith and our lives, and it makes our lives more stable. Build on the Word of God. 
Increase your faith. Activate your faith.